Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Boxing fans, what's going on? It's your man Brandon Stubbs. Another episode here of Punch the Face Radio. Appreciate you joining me here, especially if you're listening live this evening. And with boxing making its return back here next week, it's only appropriate. Extraordinaire, the one and only Admiral Brahma with the Saturday Night Boxing is back with us. Adam, what's going on, man? Doing well, Brandon. We just uh, survived a uh, tornado warning here. Uh, lots of fun thunderstorms, lots of trees kind of blowing around, but have the power, have the electricity, uh, have the booze, so I'm ready to go. So Adam is here with us, and he's not blowing away there on the East Coast. Crazy that they're having tornado warnings. That should be something I have here in the Midwest, but knock on wood, none of that here so far in 2020. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me the way they're going at this rate, but it is what it is. But finally, Adam, we've been – it's been what now? I think we can say a solid, what, 10, 12 weeks we're looking at with no boxing and – we're back. We're back here on June the 9th, so a week from this past Tuesday. We finally get boxing back. Uh, top rank has, has made a deal. They're going to be out of Nevada, out of the uh, the conference room, the ballroom there in uh, MGM Grand with fight cards here for the June. You know, how happy are you for this, the prospect of knowing, just counting down the days, we have live events and live fights coming back to us? Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I mean, we've all listen, with uh, COVID and what's going on in the world right now uh, with some of the protests, we've certainly had a lot of things to occupy our minds, but there's also been a lot of downtime. There's been a ton of time at home. There has not been a lot in terms of sports or, you know, everyone needs entertainment and escapism, and and we all love boxing. So uh, it's been a long time, and I know we are itching for live sports and live boxing, and Top Rank's going to come back with, two cards a week for the next five or six weeks. So um, it's, it's good for us. It's, uh, it's exciting that it's, uh, it's starting, you know, good for top rank for working with the Nevada state athletic commission and putting these protocols together. I mean, also think about the effort it takes to like fly in all these fighters at this point in time. Now I know most of them are American, but you know, you got some from Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, uh, you know, the, the, there's not a lot of flights right now. There's travel restrictions. There's all sorts of stuff. So just coordinating, uh, you know, these initial cards must have been a, a real undertaking. So hats off to them. Uh, you know, we'll get into the individual fights uh, themselves. Some are much better than others. But at least just, you know, planting the flag and saying we're back. And then ESPN giving them two nights a week. This is two primetime nights on Tuesday and Thursday for ESPN. I mean, that's a very big opportunity for boxing, isn't it? Uh, it's huge. I mean, to be quite frank, what else does ESPN have to show right now? So it, it makes the it. most sense. For, yeah, I mean, but it makes the most sense if you have a live product that you know fans have been clamoring for to put it on your mainstream network. We're not going to put it behind the paywall of ESPN Plus. Let's put it on there. Let's let the fans watch it. Let's do it two nights a week. 
And I mean, it's going to help out everyone. One, it's going to help build a buzz again for boxing. And as we said, we're going to get into these fight cards um, momentarily. It's going to build that buzz, but it's also going to help ESPN from a revenue aspect because they're going to have live events. Eyes are going to be on it. They can generate sponsorship, which we're trying to do for the show as well. But nevertheless, it, it all works in a giant circle and helps get things kind of back going in the proper direction. Now, one of the things you said with the protocols, and let me, if those who don't know, let me explain what some of the things that they're doing there. Now, for starters, you're not going to have the broadcast team there on site in the MGM Grand uh, ballroom, conference room that they're going to be in. What's going to happen is uh, Joe Testator, he's actually going to be in the studio at ESPN uh, working, and then you're going to have uh, Andre Ward, Timothy Bradley, they're going to be working from their home studios. Uh, Bernardo Osuna is actually going to be on location there at the fights in Las Vegas, along with the uh, the top rank. I think they're called Knockouts of so the Ring Girls Forum. Uh, I don't know about Christina Poncho. That's one I, I haven't seen what she's going to be doing, but I think she's going to be a part of the broadcast in some way, uh, in the same way that uh, Mark Krieger will also be uh, from his home studio. So unfortunately, we still have to deal with Mark Krieger. Uh, Krieger, 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 I've enunciated We'll still have to deal with him uh, for these next five weeks. But quite honestly, I've kind of missed him a little bit, and I didn't think I'd ever be breathing those words uh, in regards to that. Uh, the fighters will also be getting tested upon uh, their arrival. They're going to be uh, pretty much quarantined there on site into their fight, and then once it's over, they'll be uh, welcome to leave. But there's no coming and going away from the sites. So they're going to be disposing of the towels, the hand wraps, and the gloves after the fights as well. So a lot of protocols in place, but, you know, I think they're going to learn a lot from the first two shows here next week. And then after that, they're going to be running smooth the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I think another thing I want to talk about before we get into the individual fights is um, top rank working with other promoters to get their initial fight cards off the ground. By my count, I believe they have two or three, I think three, opponents from Golden Boy and three opponents from Tabella Promotions. So um, I think that's really cool. Now, granted, one could make a case, well, why didn't they use some of their own guys? There are actually opportunities for guys to, you know, be opponents within house. But I got to say that the fact that they reached out to, let's say, Lou Bella and offered um, uh, Vicente, for instance, a fight against uh, Jesse Magdaleno, and Lou said, yes, let's do it. And Vicente said, yes, let's do it. And they went to Golden Boy and offered uh, uh, Joshua Franco a um, an opportunity against one of the Maloney brothers, and Golden Boy said, "Yes, let's do it." And uh, I like that. I like the fact that you know Top Rank could have been in a situation to really only use their own guys, and uh, they reached out and extended their hands to a couple of you know rivals in the industry, but. Uh, I, I just, I just, I think the optics are really good that they're, we're kind of working together. You know, we're going to listen, our, our demands are going to be reasonable. You know, our guys want to fight, you know, you call us with a good number. Our guys are going to be there. We're not going to hassle through the media. We're just going to say yes. And so I think that's a, a, a very nice trend as this series gets underway. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that's one of the things I had said when boxing did come back. That was something you're going to see more of, and we would have to see more of. Promoters are going to have to blend and work with each other to help make cards happen. Like you said, domestically, especially here in the States, you may not be able to get the opponent that you want, but there may be someone at another promotion who you can get that opponent with that is here in the States that you can bring to a site that's a lot more closer and don't have to worry about the extended travel. That makes sense, and 
this could be a trend that I hope now goes on, you know, past all this stuff, the fastest initial stage of boxing returning, that some of these promoters are going to be a lot more willing to work with each other than they have been in the past. Yeah, so, um, you know, we could go, what I would like to do instead of going week by week is to kind of highlight, well, first of all, let's go through the opening week card because that's what everyone's going to be focused on, the first two cards uh, starting next week. And then, uh, you know, I'd like to highlight and kind of jump around to some fights that I think are really good. Uh, And if there's some fights that you like as well, uh, I'd love to talk to you about. So, um, Next Tuesday is not going to be one of the stronger cards in the series. It's Shakur Stevenson. Uh, he's coming back, and uh, he's not defending his title in this fight. I believe it's going to be a non-title uh, bout against Felix Carabao. Uh, uh, and uh, um, I believe Carabao is from Puerto Rico. Uh, he is okay. He, from people I've talked to that say, you know, he's a kind of basic fighter. Stevenson should be able to handle him. Again, Stevenson was supposed to have a much more significant fight in England, uh, fighting Josh Warrington. Uh, that uh, didn't happen. That fight, that fight, uh, uh, and then actually, sorry, before Warrington, he was supposed to fight Mariaga, right? There was supposed to be yeah. Mariaga and then Warrington, and both of those fights fell through. So um, this is just a stay busy fight. And I don't think top rank is pretending it's anything more than that. And you know what? So what Shakur Stevenson is one of their uh, guys that they're going to be promoting heavily in the next few years. He's young. I don't care for a first fight back from boxing. If he wants to have a stay busy fight, so be it. Uh, the undercard is uh, Michaela Mayer against Helen Joseph. You know much more about female boxing than I do. I couldn't really comment on the quality of this fight one way or the other. Um, uh, not not that high, but you should see Mayer definitely do yeah. her thing. But yeah, it's not not yeah. that high of an opponent. So June eleventh, a, a week from tomorrow, is a very uh, good main event, and a bunch of these main events are not wow. You know, look at this star-studded attraction. But some of these show you how good the matchmaking can be. You know, Top Rank has some solid dudes there, of course, with Brad Goodman and Bruce Trampler, and when they want to challenge their guys, uh, they're certainly able to do that. question is, why don't they challenge their guys more? And that's a fair question. But um, this is a very good fight between Jesse Magdaleno and Yennefel Vicente. Um, both of these guys, this fight is now going to be 126 pounds. Uh, both of these guys did their best work at 122. Magdaleno, if you remember, was a former uh, champion there who lost to Isaac Dogbay. Uh, had a couple of recovery fights, didn't really look so sharp yet. Uh, Yenevo Vicente is a Dominican knockout artist based in Florida. He actually won my knockout of the year about four or five years ago. Um, The dude can punch. He's one of these guys who uh, has a fantastic right hand, and if he catches you with it, you can go to sleep. Uh, He's not the most well-rounded guy, but um, it's a very good matchup, so this is one in particular that I like a lot in the series. Uh, the, the undercard is a rescheduled fight between Adam Lopez and uh, Luis uh, Correa. This fight was supposed to happen on that Oscar Valdez card, but Oscar Valdez's opponent missed weight, and so Adam Lopez steps up and actually gets the knockdown of Valdez before he was stopped. Uh, so that's, that's the, this is the fight that was supposed to be on that card. 
by all accounts, I have not seen Corey a fight, but he is trained by Freddie Roach, I believe, and uh, it's supposed to be a uh, competitive bout. Uh, so we'll see. So that's that's what we're looking at next Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Adam Lopez here come next Thursday because, as we all remember there in the fight against uh, Valdez, he, he gave him hell, especially mm-hmm. for being a literally the, the shortest uh, uh, time frame opponent you can get. He was that guy, and he went in there, and he was a dog, and he earned so much respect and admiration for us in boxing. Now let's see how he performs in a fight like this. This is a fight that, like you said, was originally scheduled. It's more of a natural weight class for him. Let's see how he performs. Let's see if he can if he can still have that same energy he had in the previous fight in this return bout where a lot more eyes are going to be on him. And we're going to wonder, okay, was that just kind of a flash in the pan performance he gave? You know, did, did Valdez not take him seriously and, you know, fought down to his level? Or is Adam Lopez really somebody we should be keeping our eye on going forward? That's what I'm looking to see is how he performs in that fight after a big fight. That tells you a lot about an opponent. Yeah, I think so. And also, you know, Adam Lopez is one condition of accepting the Valdez fight is, you know, he wasn't one of these guys who had long-term uh, representation with top rank. He might have had a fight or two left. He said, listen, I will take this fight on one condition, which is win, lose, or draw. You guys don't drop me. You know, you keep me and promote me, and, you know, I'm on the roster. And top rank kept their word, and uh, they're giving Lopez not just a winnable fight, but they're giving him a winnable fight on ESPN, not deep on an undercard, you know, that nobody's seeing. They're giving him a very nice slot. I I thought that's a nice gesture by the company. Yeah, absolutely. They could have, you know, went the, the dickhead route, and we know promoters that would have yeah. done that. You know, they, they definitely renege on their promises. But I think in his case, his performance he gave merited that. It's not one of those things. Not only did they want to keep their word, but he found he performed to, you know, a higher level than I think people thought he could or they maybe yeah. had the potential to do. So he earned that. And, I, I mean, I'm glad they stuck, you know, to their word, but he also earned that. So I'm I'm happy for him. but. Now I want to see, okay, you know, can you do it again? You know, that that's you're only as good as your last fight in a lot of cases. And this is one of those things where I'm going to look at and say, okay, I need you to do it again. If you do it again, you, you're going to have me a true believer in what you have to offer here to the sport. So let me throw out some additional fights. I don't want to go uh, week by week, but I'll, get, I'll tell you some fights that I like um, or that are interesting. So... June 18th is kind of a um, crossroads bout, I would say, between Jose Pedraza, former Titleist of 130-135, and, uh, and Mikel Lespierre. And uh, Lespierre is an older guy promoted by Debella who went rounds with an out-of-shape Maurice Hooker, uh, I, I would like to say either last year or the year before. Uh, Pedraza's moved up to 140. Um, it's one of those fights where I think it's a competitive fight, this one. I don't think it's going to be uh, a slaughter. Uh, I think it's just one of these like lower-level, well-matched fights. So I don't have a whole lot more. Uh, Pedraza just lost to Zepeda uh, in his last fight, in a very good fight. And uh, I don't think Pedraza is going to do a lot at 140. But this is one of those, you know, we're going to match a couple of similarly uh, – I think these guys are, have a similar talent level. So I think it could be a good fight. Pedraza, you never know which version kind of shows up. He sometimes looks better or worse. 
So we'll see. Um, let me move ahead a couple other. I mean, listen, Emmanuel Neverate is coming back on June 20th. Uh, he's fighting another no-hoper on TV. This is going to be like his fourth or fifth stay busy fight. He's literally fighting a 13-13-1 and guy. And I tweeted this out earlier in the week. It's just like, I, I love Navarrete. He's one of my favorite fighters in boxing. But if you start fighting all these guys who aren't good, you start developing bad habits in the ring. And that's my concern. He has not faced a, a, a legitimate contender since he beat Dog Bay the second time. And that's just too long. This is four or five fights. Like, find somebody real for him, you know? Um, let me go ahead. I was going to say in regards now, I, 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 will, I, I agree. I agree he needs to be fighting a, a very much higher opponent. But I will also say this. It's now been a full year since he fought Dog Bay. Uh, but I'll give him his credit. He's staying busy. Now, I don't know yep. if it's a thing to where he can't get the fights we think he should get or they're not going after the fights we think he should get. So I'm going to hold a little bit of judgment on him right now, but you definitely have a point to where – all right, if we see this happen yet again, you know, his next fight out, I, I would agree. And I'll also say this, you know, when you, like you said, when you're fighting a lower opponent, you develop bad habits. I honestly thought he looked um, didn't look that good to me when he fought here uh, in February on the uh, Fury Wilder 200 card. I remember saying that I, it was like the sizzle was just gone for me. It just kind of looked like a, a workmanlike performance before he finally got the TKO and got the stoppage. But I really wasn't impressed by what I saw because I, I saw the opponents being lesser and somebody he should have a lot sooner than what he did. So I, yeah. I agree and see what you can say at the tendency with him. So, you know, he, he he's going to, he's going to get this one here because of what's going on in the world and the pandemic and the fights. He's going to get this as being a last pass, but you know, going forward here this fall, we got to have him fighting somebody who's a contender or another champion at this rate. Yeah. Um, so, the Maloney brothers, the twins from Australia, one's at 118 and one's at 115, um, primarily, although the one who's at 115, Andrew, is going to be fighting, I believe, at 118 coming back. That might be some catch weight. So both of them are in good fights coming back. Uh, this is going to be their first big fights for top rank. Um, Andrew Maloney is going to be fighting uh, Joshua Franco. And if you remember, Franco had that great three-fight series with Oscar Negrette. Uh, from those Golden Boy fight cards, Franco's kind of a young guy who can fight, uh, kind of skilled in the ring, but makes good action fights. This is a great fight. Um, and then the brother, um, uh, Jason Maloney, is going to be fighting Oscar Negrette. So both these top rank reached out to Golden Boys saying, hey, listen, Franco and Negrette are, are really good fighters you guys have had. They put on entertaining fights. I'd like to have them for the Maloney twins. And... Um, uh, the other Maloney, Jason, if you remember, lost a very close bout in the first round of the 118-pound World Boxing Super Series to uh, uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez in a very good fight. And so, um, or was that the second round? Either way, uh, no, I think that was, uh, I think that was the first round. And first so, round. Um, so anyway, I like, you know, Maloney came back very well in that fight after being down early. I think both of them are title. Uh, contenders, legit threats. Both are in good fights. Both have not been seen, you know, in America. They got the top rank deal. Uh, both are against credible opponents. Uh, I think the Maloney's will be small favorites in both fights, but 
Uh, the other guys are, are seasoned and battle-tested. Franco looked really great last fight uh, against um, uh, I, I'm, I don't remember which his opponent was. I can look it up, but uh, I think post Negret, he looks he looks very good. So uh, I, I like both those fights, and uh, I'm excited. I think both are, are very solid matchups. Uh, yeah, for uh, Franco was uh, Juan Alejandro Burgos that he had a TKO yeah. here uh, back in January. So yeah, I'm like yeah. you though. It, it's very interesting that you've got two guys who had you know fantastic fight against each other, Grant and Franco. Now of, of top rank cards against you know on you know two out of three days. I mean, it's it's very interesting that you're seeing that blend of those two promoters, Golden Boy and Top yeah. Rank, working with each other, and then two guys who were put on great fights for Golden Boy now coming in as opponents. So, you know, they're obviously brought in as the opponents, but these guys are both live dogs in, in both of their fights against the Maloney brothers. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, the Golden Boy matchmaker, Roberto Diaz, knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what the score is. These guys are getting paydays. They're getting winnable fights. Doesn't mean they should win, but they could win. And, you know, sometimes you got to roll the dice. You know, maybe their guy wins one of the two. You know, maybe they win both. Maybe they win none. But they're good. Fan, they're good fights for fans. Uh, they're credible opponents. And if you look good even in a loss, uh, you know it doesn't. It's not so bad. I, I mean, that's. I think it's good matchmaking on both sides. Another fight that I like on June 23rd is Christopher Diaz against Jason Sanchez. This is another example of two guys who I don't think are anywhere close to the A level at 126 pounds. Um, but I think are fairly well matched here. Christopher Diaz, once upon a time, was a a, a fairly talked about prospect from New Jersey, uh, from North Jersey, and uh, you know he lost pretty wildly to Shakur Stevenson uh, recently. And um, Jason Sanchez, I, I think, is kind of a limited, but but has some skills, just not tons of athleticism. So I think this is another of those fights that like. This could just play out well on TV. Not names that anybody's emotionally invested in, but like probably a pretty good TV product. Um, let me move to a, a, a bigger fight that was announced today. Uh, well, I got three other fights that I like a lot, and two fights that I like a lot in the series that I want to talk about. One is um, uh, the Ivan Branchek Zapata fight. And I think this could actually be the best in the whole series. So Branchik, if you remember, briefly had a 140-pound belt um, during the World Boxing Super Series, gave Josh Taylor a very good fight and a loss. Uh, really tough guy, hard hitter. Uh, Zapata just beat Pedraza, and some think he beat Jose Ramirez when they, when they fought. Uh, Zapata, his two losses are both, controversies one is that fight and the other is when he fought in england and essentially his like shoulder came out of its socket and the fight was stopped in like the first or second round so zapata is a very good fighter uh Branchek hits really hard and that that fight has fireworks uh written all over it and i can't wait to see it. i think that's going to be a lot of fun yeah Branchek's a guy he's, he's tough as nails guy i mean you're you're gonna get a definitely a a guy who's going to come forward, who's going to fight. Um, Zapata, again, I, I'm not a part of that 
minority that thought he beat Ramirez, but I thought he gave Ramirez a hell of a run for his money. Yeah, so I agree this should you. be an interesting fight, and, and definitely one of those things to where the winner gets highly elevated uh, going forward because it. Right. This is a real. This is a really good matchup between these two guys. Yeah, and a lot of these other fights that we're talking about are kind of just good TV fights, but this is a very meaningful fight in a 140-pound division. I think the winner of this fight, uh, you could easily see getting a, another title shot if it's Branchek, or for both these guys. I think I think the winner can get another title shot, you know, in the next year to 18 months. So uh, I think that's a very good fight for both of them. Um, the final fight I want to talk about is one that was rumored after uh, earlier in the year after uh, Alida Alvarez uh, beat Michael Seals, which is Alida Alvarez is going to take on Joe Smith Jr. And um, you know this is with uh, Top Rank working with Star Boxing. Uh, there's kind of like a four-person, 175-pound tournament. Uh, I believe the WBO is putting that on. Uh, ESPN has, or Top Rank has all four of those fighters now. But there's a lot to like against the leader Alvarez and Joe Smith Jr. Joe Smith Jr. is a tough dude, just gave Jesse Hart a nice fight. Good win there for him. Um, a leader Alvarez should be more skilled, but we've seen does not look sharp every fight. So that's, a, that's an interesting matchup. You know, if Alvarez is on his game, you think he boxes to a victory, but. If he's not, you know, Smith's going to be on his ass all fight. So that's another, I like the matchup. You know, I, I'm not going to tell you it's the fight of the year or anything. But it's just a good fight. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're both kind of the fighters that we've seen them against their opponents. They are tough outs. You know, Joe Smith gave um, Dimitri Buev issues, I, I thought, gave him a, a real yeah. tough fight. And, you know, for Lito Perez, let, let's keep in mind, he, one time he knocked him circle. Kovalev for his championships. I mean, the guy's not far from a bum. This is a very interesting fight. And like you said, with Alvarez, it's kind of a yin and a yang. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He can go out there and he can box a lot of guys' tops off here at the light heavyweight division. And then other times, it's like he kind of falls into a lull. And and he does that, he opens himself up to beat up and, and to get hit and to get down. So, you know, completely there for the fight because, like you said, a guy like Joe Smith, he's going to continue to come at you. He's not going to quit. So Alvarez cannot have any lapses in his fight and his game plan at all in this fight. And if he does, he could find himself knocked down, knocked out, or very far down on the cards as the fight uh, progresses on. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, running through these first uh, six, seven weeks, I think I, think I like at least a fight on – on 50% of the cards, if not more. So, you know what? That's probably par or a little better for the course. So, uh, again, these are not huge fights. These are not huge dollars associated with the cards. It's just everybody's kind of waiting in uh, at top rank to see how these fights go. Uh, little by little, they'll, they'll bring on, you know, larger fights. Uh, they're still not being able to bring in a lot of fighters from other parts of the world. Um uh, so, you know, we're going to walk before we can run. And for these, these small fights that are starting, a number of them are, should be highly watchable. So yeah, I could complain about some others, but you know, that's boxing too. You know, you're not going to love every fight, you know, Jamel Herring's in a stay busy fight against Jonathan Akendo. I don't like that fight. I mean, I don't like Stevenson against Caballero. Like, I just don't think those are going to be amazing fights, but so be it, you know, that's the sport and, you know, we just, you know, we're, we're used to that. 
Yeah, I mean, kind of given the scenario of what's going on, you know, the, the line I use is beggars can't be choosers. You know, we're banging and wanting boxing back. We just want to get back. I mean, we'll complain if the fights suck <laughs> once they get in ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that that's something we're going to do regardless, you know, whether boxing would have never paused. But, um, you know, given the fact that we have some matchups here, you, we're, we could have somebody emerge uh, amongst these. We could have somebody get upset. You know, you, you never know, if, you know, your A-list opponent, your A-list fighter, how seriously he's taking his opponent in front of him, um, you know, because on paper it looks like they should beat him and blow him out. You know, how seriously are they taking that? Also wonder how much, you know, training camp have some of these guys have. You know, we, we've seen yeah. some guys post stuff on social media. We haven't seen um, – we've seen some posts. We have seen others not post. You know, kind of an interesting thing I want to get from you because I actually haven't talked to you. had you on the show since then – since. But um, a couple of weeks ago I had um, – Make sure I get his name right. I had a, one of the trainers for Javante Davis, um, Coach Kenny Ellis. He was on the show, and I asked him, the training camp, you know, what kind of time frame would you want for one of your fighters getting into the fight? He said, ideally, he wants a 12-week camp. So <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. And then he said, you know, if they're going 10 rounds, you know, maybe eight weeks, you know, eight rounds, I could do four to six weeks or even a 10-week camp, four-rounder fight, we can do four to six weeks. So you really wonder the gauge in that. Like, if that's coming from a trainer, what they would want, how much of the time have these guys been able to have when they're supposed to be in quarantine and just things have just really opened up these last few weeks? You know, how much have they really been in the gym and just, you know, not telling anyone or, you know, keeping it under wraps? You know, how much in shape are they going to be? That's something that's going to Certainly. be interesting as these series of fights play out over the next month on top rank. Yeah, and I, and I told people about this, you know, and I don't bet on boxing, but I love making picks. I said, in rare exceptions for everybody's first fight back, like, I'm not making picks. You know, I don't know who's in camp. I don't know who's going to be making weight. Uh, I have no idea. You know, a lot of people are going to be fighting a weight class above where they've been because they haven't been training the same way, uh, and that's fine. I'm just saying, I, I have no idea how it's going to play out. I, I can only tell you on paper what these fights look like and based on their histories. But could I tell you that Christopher Diaz has been working out like a dog this whole time and he's never been more ready? Of course I can't say that. I mean, and, and the truth is we, we see pictures of some people. I know Jamel Herring's been in the ring a lot, but there's guys that are fighting this month that I've heard absolutely nothing about uh, in terms of how well they've been doing during the coronavirus and uh, during this period. So, you know, anyone's guess is as good as the next guy in terms of what's going to happen. I think we're going to see a lot of upsets in the first uh, round of fights for people back. Uh, I'm not saying Shakur Stevenson is going to lose, but, uh, you know, you have a bunch of these 60, 40, 70, 30 fights. Uh, you could see the other guy who's a little more in shape and prepared to win. Uh, I, I just think we've seen an upheaval in the sport. Lots of people haven't been training in a normal way for three or four months. And uh, those that have been getting back, the first ones back, who even knows if they've had any type of normal training camp? So we might see some weird things, to use one of your favorite words. And, you know, what, upsets are okay, too. I'm just looking forward to the action and whatever happens. Those who fight right now, uh, you know, survive in advance, the old NCAA terminology. You know, if, even if you don't look great, okay, fine, get your win, you know, and move forward and, you know, kind of get back to normal. Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the mindset. I think that phrase you use is perfect. It's going to be survive in advance. Is all right. Get this out of the way. Get this, you know, get 
you know, fighting back underneath your belt after having a pause in training and fight action. And then let's focus on what's next. Let's focus on maybe getting a bigger fight later in the summer, early part of fall. So I, I would have completely agree. That is the best way of putting it is surviving in advance because that's what it's going to be doing right now for a lot of these fighters. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys look. Now I'll, I'll say this though on, on that same token. I think the first time we see a, you know, a, a larger name get upset, just, just for example, if Shakur Stevenson were to get upset or were to get knocked out or something, I think that's going to light a fire and a lot of uh, underneath a lot of guys to not be that guy. So I think it's only going to take one fighter of note or of name to lose and lose in a horrific fashion for everyone else to say, okay, let me make sure that I am completely with this before I right. go into my bout. And hopefully it's not going to be too late for some of these guys, but I think it's just going to take one for everyone else to kind of, you know, spark their attention and realize that this isn't a game, that this, this right. is legit. And we're going to see it somewhere. I mean, it's just bound to happen. Oh, it's so, going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, going to happen. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of the sport. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, But, you know, the other thing that I, I know we talked about very briefly before the show started tonight was, uh, top rank is going to have at least a month uh, a head start on everybody else in the United States. Um, I think they're the only people going forward into June. I know uh, Golden Boys talked about early July, not finalized yet, but that's something they're working with in the California State Athletic Commission for smaller shows. Uh, you know, they, they do a lot of shows in the uh, uh, Indio and the Coachella Valley out in the desert, Fantasy Springs Casino and whatnot. Um, Eddie Hearn is probably not coming back to the United States until August. At the earliest, he's going to be doing a four-week series of shows at his palatial estate. Uh, that was kind of an interesting one. That is so <laughs> cool. Like, I'm not even going to lie. That's, that's, think, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I think that's going to start in late July. One of those fights is going to be uh, Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin. Uh, so that should be good. Um, that's not 100% finalized yet, but that's what it's looking at. But I think Top Rank's going to have a good month to six weeks to themselves. Um, I haven't heard anything about PBC other than uh, they're going to be getting into pay-per-views probably as early as September. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be anything set up for August yet, but uh, we're already into June. I've heard nothing with July, so um, I think we're looking at August for them as the earliest. So We'll see. You know, top rank is being the guinea pig here. They are willing to assume the risk if things don't go well. Uh, they're going to try some things out. It's going to be very strange to have people call fights exclusively from a studio. Uh, there's going to be no media there. Uh, one of the things that I brought up that I would like to see is, you know, ESPN does not have an unofficial score as their broadcast, uh, as part of their broadcast. And, I think the fact that nobody else is allowed in the arena other than, I mean, nobody, it would be really good if there would be somebody there that could provide a different score than let's say Andre Ward, who's calling the fight because calling the fight and scoring a fight are two completely different things. And uh, I think it would be very good for ESPN to at some point in this process, bring in an official score that's of, of note because you know, we, you know, if if the fight's going on and we don't love what we're hearing from the broadcasters, we could at least go to the media who are there 
and you know goes to their scorecards and say, hey, listen, this is how this is playing in the ring here. You know, this is a this is a six six fight right now. You know, this is not nine three. Uh, so because there's going to be nobody else there, I wish there would have some type of unofficial score to give that second opinion if we don't think the broadcast is particularly sharp for one reason or another. Yeah, it is kind of strange that they don't have anything like that set up. Um, and, and this would be, a, like you said, a perfect timing for it because, you know, either they're, whether they're there at the event live and watching from a yeah. distance or whether they're, they're at their own home studio watching the fight is the fight getting it from the same angle us fans are watching it from home you know that give us what a, a media person thinks and what they're seeing compared to what war with bradley are seeing and how they're calling it and how they're personally scoring it so it is strange that they really don't have that with espn and that i can think of i don't even know if I, i'm trying to think back to the friday night fight days i don't even remember really no. one there besides maybe teddy giving his no, official unofficial teddy's score but yeah <clears throat> so and that's something they've never really point. done and teddy's a great case in point you know because teddy used to talk through all the action and he would just give some wacky scorecards sometimes because you know talking and commenting on a fight is not the same as watching it as a judge would you know, you're pointing out different things. You're reacting to what your broadcast partner is talking about. You're highlighting some technical thing. You know, when you're talking, you know, you're not paying attention the same way as if you're just solely looking at who's winning this round. It's, it, it, it's, it, I know it sounds like it's similar, but as somebody who has done some broadcasts and also how to give cards, I'm telling you, it is, these are completely different functions. I, I would agree. I mean, I could it, trying to judge it and call it. It's tough. I mean, us. It's been times, and I know we've both done this. We've watched the fight live, and then we've had to watch it again to physically score because we're watching it to be entertained. Yeah. But if we're going to talk about it or write a story, we watch it again and actually just look at it from a scoring aspect. So I don't see how people can juggle and then do both at a high level. So totally, yeah. totally understand where you're coming from. What's going on in Kansas? Is there some local card coming up in the the next week uh, in Topeka, or what's going on there? It is pure shenanigans. So let let me kind of touch on that. Steve Kim did a story here last month about how there was going to be a hybrid boxing, MMA, and bare-knuckle fight card uh, from Kansas that was supposed to go down here this week. Well, Due to some issues, I guess, with the site that they were going to have it at, the fight card's still going to go on. It's actually going to air on Fight TV, from what I'm understanding, uh, from Albaline, Kansas, from the Never the Never Surrender MMA gym. Uh, so there you go there with that. But it's going to be a hybrid card to where they're going to have both boxing, mixed martial arts cards, and assuming bare knuckle. I don't know how any of that's going to play out. That just all sounds like a giant clusterfuck to me. But I digress. If you want to go into even more of a cluster, they're not actually doing any testing for the coronavirus for any of this. Now, they've told people to do Lovely. social distancing in regards to all the fighters. Yeah, uh, they're only going to let in a certain group of fighters at a time into the gym uh, to give them time to prepare for their fight. And then once those fights are done, they're going to bring in the next group and so on and so forth. Uh, there's going to be temperature checks done there and a questionnaire done for fighters. As long as their temperature passes, they answer all the questionnaires correctly, they're going to be able to go into the ring or cage to perform uh, here come Saturday night. So it's very sounds odd. Like, uh, it sounds like Kansas has one hell of a commission. 
yeah, that was actually going to be my next line. Kansas, let me say this. The Kansas Athletic Commission is complete garbage. Um, yeah. Just no shock there. They're, they're complete garbage. Uh, Missouri's is really not any better. I'm, I'm kind of here in between both of the states. They're, one is really not better than the other, but Kansas is definitely a lacking more compared to Missouri. Um, but – I, I mean, with something like this, the commission has signed off on it. They say they feel fine with the protocols. They feel fine with the way the promoter's doing everything. The promoter's even planning on doing other cards here later this year. I think he even has one set up already for the month of July. Um, how many people actually buy and watch this on Saturday? I have no idea. I will not be one of them. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess credit to the fighters getting an opportunity to fight. But, no, thank you. Uh, a hard pass. Where's Abilene, Kansas? Um, that is a great question. I know it, it sounds familiar. It's nowhere near close to me. I want to say it's, uh, yeah. towards like central Southern Kansas, if memory serves me correct. But, um, yeah, it, it's nowhere near, you know, Kansas city It's nowhere near, um, Topeka, uh, or, yeah. uh, Manhattan or, or, uh, Wichita. So I'm actually, I'm actually Googling it now because I don't genuinely know where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Where let's see where Albaline, Kansas is at. I mean, you know it has to be somewhere off in the boondocks if they're willing uh to to do this. So Albaline, Kansas is let's see. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's definitely it's way far off from me. So it's uh oof, part of Dickinson, Kansas. No idea where any of this stuff is at. So yeah, it's definitely off in the boondocks, so I wish them the best of luck with that. I want all of the fighters involved to stay far away from me. Uh, upon their returns, because yeah, no testing's being done, and I, I really don't know the whole reasoning behind that, behind the Kansas Athletic Commission allowing this. Besides them just maybe wanting to have fights in the state and wanting to get action back going. So, uh, good luck with that, uh, everybody involved there. But Brandon is staying far, far away from any of that action yeah. come Saturday. I hear you. Um, so let's also talk about. Uh... A story that Mike Coppinger reported today uh, that uh, Sergey Dervinchenko is a rumored opponent for Canelo in September, and this would be at 168. Uh, if you remember, Dervinchenko uh, was supposed to fight Canelo at 160, and then somehow that didn't work, and then they went to Golovkin for a similar amount of money. I don't know. It was confusing. They've had negotiations before. Dervinchenko has lost two fights in his career, both extremely close to Danny Jacobs and Golovkin. Uh, there are people that think he has won both of those fights. Um, he's never fought at 168, but for somebody who's already in his 30s, maybe hasn't been training as hard as everybody else, or, or, or training like he would the rest of his career, I don't think him fighting at 168 is that big of a deal. Um, I have zero problem if this fight gets made, Uh that doesn't mean the fight's getting made. It's just a name that's getting thrown out. Uh, it's a credible name, but as we've been through this before, you know, these names are often tested. You know, they're floated out there if they're negotiating with somebody else. And, you know, Canelo calls his own shots. Who really knows what the hell he's going to do? Yeah, that's why I want to use the, the phrase that I, when I heard this, when I first read it, I thought shenanigans. And what shenanigans yeah. is, this, this is, this is, this is some, uh, some smoke and mirror stuff. I don't think this is actually a real fight. I don't even think this is something that's even a real option. What I 
this is a a scare tactic or something to drum up. Drum up some guards to Canelo's next opponent. Especially when you're talking about it's going to be until September. A lot, this is an extremely fluid situation we're dealing with with the sport. We don't know who can move and do what, who can come over to the States, whether the fights can be in front of crowds come September. We have earthly no clue. But that's why I think this is complete smoke and mirrors and complete shenanigans. I don't think there's any way in the world this is going to be Kemo's opponent come September. It does sell. It, it does not. I mean, Sergey's not a bad opponent. And I'm not, this is not to discount his opponent. It's just, if you're looking for Canelo to make a comeback fight, and this will be his first fight in, you know, in a year, that's not the opponent. That's not it. Like that's not the kind of splash you're used to Canelo and uh, Golden Boy doing. You know, a splash and moving up another division, a splash and fighting a name opponent. This is one of those, and that's why I don't think there's a lot of truth behind this. If it happens, I would be stunned. I think it'll be a good fight. I think Sergey's a very rugged opponent. Uh, but he's also a very stationary opponent, and I think it would be yeah. maybe target practice for Canelo, who's going to be. I think he's going to. He's gotten used to the extra weight. I think he's going to be really strong at 168 if that's the path he chooses to go going forward. I, I look, I, you know, just early thoughts. Canelo, I, I'm going to pick him to win because at this rate, I'm never going to pick him to lose because he's not losing fights anymore. He's beating right. up guys. So, um, but I think it's shenanigans. I don't think this is anything that's going to see the light of day yeah. come September. But we'll see. Well, I, I, I do know that um, most likely a September fight is not going to have fans. Most likely a September fight um, won't be able to have the big gate that most Canelo fights will, and they still need somebody big enough to, I would imagine, have it pay for, well, it's not pay-per-view, it's the zone, but there's going to have to be a big name attached with a Canelo fight. So I don't think they're going to be allowing fighters in from England yet, so that, that kind of wipes out, you know, your Callum Smith, your Billy Joe Saunders. Um, I guess you have a guy like Demetrius Andre that's still available at 160, but let's be honest, it's not like Demetrius Andre has a real big name anyway, although that's a good fight. It's not like yeah. oh, Demetrius Andre is. So, I mean, Dervinchenko is amongst a small handful of guys where you're like, you know what? That's a credible opponent. Uh, so be it. You know, you could do better. You could certainly do worse. Uh, he's much better than the Rocky Fieldings of the world. Uh, that's, that's, so, uh, you know, we're going to see some of these. It's going to be very hard for some of these fighters that are used to be getting, uh, uh, you know, big events. When they come right back, you know, they may not be able to, to fight the type of fights that they would like. Um, I have no problem with that fight at all, but I completely hear what you're saying that this could just be a name floated out, and there's no guarantee just because we heard it from somebody that that makes it real. Very true. Kind of given the source, and, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not even gonna dive into that. I'm not gonna dive into getting it, getting at him. Well, you know, it's like another. Go, go ahead, Brian. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Adam. No, I was like, you know. Sometimes, you know, the media reports and sometimes they're being played, you know. Mark Kriegel has a scoop that they're negotiating the Tyson Fury and uh, Anthony Joshua fight and they're going to give step, Deontay Wilder is going to step aside and blah, 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 and Pulev's going to step aside and blah, blah, blah. Well, within 24 hours, Wilder's camp and Pulev's, they say that's completely untrue. So, you know, at that point in time, the media was clearly being used 
I'm not saying Mark Kriegel got it wrong. He clearly was told that story. It's just, you know, you get played, you know, and that's how it goes sometimes. Um, you know, that's why when you're in the media, you have to be very careful. And that's why they always tell you to at least uh, in a perfect world to, you know, get at least three people to confirm. And if you can't do that, you should get two uh, because one is going to make you look bad a lot. And, uh, you know, people sometimes, uh, you know, get these stories planted to, to float them out, to put them out in the ether and hopefully get the conversation going. But then sometimes you're just kind of a tool of whichever, you know, promoters, managers are kind of using you for that context. And, you know, that's what happens here in this game sometimes. Yeah, you, we're all at times pawn from, you know, promoters, PR people, you know, wanting to get a certain message and certain uh, image out. And we just, we unfortunately sometimes play our part and sometimes we know, yep. sometimes we don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I would agree there. I mean, it, it, it's all, it's all just weird timing sometimes with things and the, the way these stories come out. Now, I, I do want to touch base with you on another one that's kind of, I, it's not, it's a lower tier fight, but I think an interesting fight. It may be an interesting up or uh, I guess evaluation, but rumor is Hami Mangia versus uh, Toriano Johnson is a fight that's been rumored. You know, Hami Mangia was this guy who just looked like a complete killer. He destroyed Saddam Ali. You know, he was in talks for a fight against Triple G, and then just really after that, it's been um, nothing. Been so little sizzle. Uh, even been we can say he probably lost. Um, you know, opponent like Toriano Johnson, who's you know he, he's been around the block. But he's still a very capable fighter. I think it could be a good challenge for Jaime Mangia here at 160 to see, you know, is Mangia something that we should be really paying attention to at 160? Or has he already, you know, plateaued and we're just going to see what he is, what he is at this point? I love this fight. I love it. I mean, it, 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 none of the fights that I mentioned could, or even the ones that I liked, that I say, oh, this could be a fight of the year candidate. But this could be a fight of the year candidate, this one. Uh, it's one of those, you know, Tyrion Johnson, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, is going to be right in your face the whole time. And Mungia loves to throw power punches. He doesn't mind getting hit. I mean, it's just one of those stylistic fights that should be fantastic to watch. I mean, just fantastic. So uh, I love this fight. I, 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 I didn't want to comment on it because I saw only one person talk about it and then nothing after that. So I don't really know what is going to be involved in the first round of Golden Boy fights, but if this is one of them, this is going to be an amazing fight. Agree, man. Agree. I mean, it's 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 absolutely. You know, we, we, it's it's a real good test for Mangia if that's the the route that they go, because I, I you know I, I've been skeptical of him. It's really the last two years. It's just. Is this what he is, you know? And, he, and the thing is, he's still so young. That's the part that's so puzzling yeah. for me and makes me scratch my head is, okay, there's no way this kid could have already plateaued. And I think he's, you know, still either 25 or 26 if he's no, even no, that. younger, younger. Yeah, I thought he was younger than that because I know I've had him on the 25 at 25 list. So, you know, if he's that young and has already seemed like he's plateaued, that's a scary thing and a very unfortunate because – you know, if he's plays on boxing another 10, 15 years, you know, what are we going to get out of him? So, I will yeah, he's, be, uh, he's 23. Yeah, it's so, th- this would be a fun fight. I hope this is something that does come yeah. to fruition that I would definitely enjoy watching it if that's the route they go for him for his next matchup. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I like Munguia. I like him more than a lot of people do, but I also saw what a lot of people uh, did. I mean, he looked completely perplexed in the Dennis Hogan fight. Um, he got hit way too much in the uh, Takeshi Inoue fight. Uh, he just he just hasn't looked great in a while. Um, he is 23. He's made some additions to his team. Um, I don't know. You know, he's at that point of his career where he's going to have to show Golden Boy just how much he's worth and how much they should invest in him. I think they saw him at first as a potential star, and maybe they've had to back up on that a little bit. And this is one of those fights with Toriana Johnson. It's like, if you are go, you can't make 154 anymore, Munguia. And if you think you're a serious player at 160, you need to beat Toriana Johnson, who's a really tough top 15 guy at the weight. And if you beat him and you look good, you can progress. And if you can't, I mean, it's the, it's a classic, you know, Toriana Johnson. We don't like to call it as as a gatekeeper because he's a really talented guy. But that's exactly what this fight is. If you're not being yeah. Toriano Johnson, you're not a serious player at 160. If you are, you have a future. If Toriano Johnson wins at 160, I imagine he goes up the rankings. I imagine it's better for him. But this fight is really much more about Munguia. Completely agree. So let, let's hope that that does come to fruition when uh, Golden Boy does come back. And I mean, that's now it's going to be interesting. I think now especially I think after these first set of fights here next week, I think it'll be, I don't want to say more pressure on golden boy, but I think it'll be more eyes shifted to them, especially if everything goes off without a hitch next week for a top yeah. rank. It's going to be people looking at golden boy and saying, okay, what are you going to do? You? I think the, the, it's very odd that it's been crickets yeah. from the other side of the street, if we will, from PBC. I mean, Nothing. We hear about possibly a Danny Garcia uh, fight on pay-per-view. We know Deontay Wilder's rematch. We hear Sean Porter talking about fights, Charlo brothers. But you really get beyond that, you're not hearing much of anything. You know, so, uh, Luis King Ortiz, you know, made a comment about him wanting a fight, him being able to fight in August. But, you know, that, that's all we're really hearing. It's just, you know, a few rumors well, here and there. Part of the issue is PBC doesn't have a home base the same way that Top Rank or Golden Boy do. So I'd say the fight, the the arena that they've used more than anyone else is Barclays. And you and I both know that New York State is not ready to start getting involved in boxing at this point in time. Mm-hmm. They still have too many coronavirus cases. They have more fish, bigger fish to fry than worrying about bringing back live sports at this time. So it's really going to come down to is PBC hasn't traditionally been concentrated in one state or another. They don't have those same working relationships. They have to draft protocols. Um, I think we'll probably see them start off in Florida and Nevada uh, states that have already had some legwork done from others. Uh, Nevada has had top rank and then Florida has had the work that Dana White has done with MMA. And so, um, I think we'll see those two states, you know, maybe something like a Texas, if they can work with that commission. But I think the issue is, you know, they still need to get protocols in place. They need to figure out the schedule. They need to get, I'm sure Showtime will be fine in terms of scheduling, but Fox, you know, they need to line up dates for Fox now. Um, Especially, you know, Fox is going to have a problem that every single sport is going to be coming back in September. 
You know, I mean, it, it, like literally every sport, whether it's basketball, hockey, baseball, football, college football, they may all be playing in September. So the scheduling could be a freaking mess for, for a network at this point in time come September. Yeah, and I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, you know, when you know NBA is talking about coming back in July, so that's going to, you know, obviously that'll take some spots on ESPN and, and TNT, which, you know, they don't do boxing. But, you know, you, you brought up a very good point with Fox and PBC is, you know, Fox will have baseball. They'll have, um, you know, other sports that they'll be involved with. You know, where are those states, one of those dates going to come in? Are they going to relegate boxing to Fox Sports 1? Or, you know, what are they going to do with that? Because they're paying the money for the product. I don't think they relegate it that far down. And another yeah, point, I mean, you, no. you know, you brought up, you, I was going to say, you brought up Nevada and, and Florida. You also have to look at it like this. PBC isn't a quote-unquote promoter, per se. They use other entities to promote behinds. You know, what what right. relationships do those promoters have with those states to where those promoters, because they're going to be the ones looked to provide, provide the protocol to the state athletic commission, not PBC That's per true. se. You're, so what is it? What is it? Right. You know, what is the Tom Brown promotions doing? What is, you know, Vegas, for example, what is Mayweather promotions going to do? That's going to be the onus on those two type of promoters underneath that PBC umbrella to help yep. get those protocols in place for us to see any semblance to boxing coming back for any of those fighters that are underneath that PBC label. Yeah, that's a great point. But it, it's crazy. And I mean, speaking of another thing that I want to just kind of point out that I, I noticed and I'm like, okay, maybe this is a misprint, but I guess it's a real thing. You know, we're going to also have boxing coming back this weekend. Uh, we're going to have boxing down in Mexico. Uh, it's not going to be on any TV here, but it's actually promoted by Roy Jones Jr. Uh, boxing. He's actually going to have uh, Carlos Molina, a former titleist, he's actually going to be headlining a card down in Mexico uh, come Saturday night. So, yeah, there's there's that. I mean, he's a notable fighter fighting down in Mexico. Who who knew? But I mean, we it is starting to trickle back in. But I think you're going to see some maybe some promoters doing some weird stuff like this. You know, I've never known Roy Jones Jr. to do any work down in Mexico, but maybe that's where it's going to be easier for him to get some of his fighters that he's promoting or. You know, down there and not being in Vegas like he's had his fight cards in the past. It's, I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of these weird settings and weird um, placements for yeah. some of these promoters and some of their fighters uh, in, over yeah. the coming months. I mean, Eddie Hearn is promoting uh, uh, fights in his ancestral home. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. If it wasn't Eddie Hearn, you'd say, well, that's completely crazy. And then Eddie Hearn shows these you know, drawings and schematics and how it's already been set up. And you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, if they could yeah. build a portable stadium in Saudi Arabia, they could probably put one in the back of his house in Essex. Sure. You know, okay, fine. I put it to the same light of like when we've had fights at the Playboy Mansion. It's, it's yeah. very similar. And I mean, in, in that same regards here to what we've seen that in the States. So yeah, that, that layout it looks, it sounds crazy, but, Teddy Hearn, so I'm kind of going with it, and I really want to see what that plays out. Yeah, I mean, the difference is, you know, you have to have the the screening now for COVID, and you have to have the, the isolation tent, you know, for to keep people out that have been tested and are part of Cardinal. So, I mean, yes, they've had fight cards all over the place, but I think because of the protocols that need to be in place to ensure a safe event, uh, it's going to look a lot different than just, you know, erecting a ring at the uh, Playboy Mansion. Uh, I felt the need to put erect and Playboy Mansion in the same <laughs> sentence. That is not an accident. 
so anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I have no idea what Frank Warren's going to do with his other cards in England. It's very interesting. As you say, some people want to be leaders at this point. I think some are more willing to follow. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I just, uh, uh, I'm happy that fights are coming back. You know, when we talk this time next month, we're probably going to have a lot more fights that have filled out the calendar. Uh, so right now it's, uh, it's a little more than a trickle. You know, it's like a, it's like a slow stream and hopefully by next month we'll get, uh, uh, you know, more and more, uh, not necessarily a river, but close to it. You know, we're, we're, we'll be getting a good flow of fights that are going to be announced. And, uh, I'm excited for the sport. I'm excited for the fighters, uh, all the people that make their living from boxing or even, you know, people that get their enjoyment from it. You know, we miss it. You know, it's important to us and. Uh, I'm really happy. Yeah, I mean, and during these these times that we're dealing with, you know, with, we just we're starting to come out of a pandemic. Now we have, you know, unrest, civil unrest here in the, in the country. You know, people need an outlet. They need something to sit down and watch and just escape the realities of what's out, what's outside their front door, and just have something that they can enjoy inside of their home. And sports does that for us. And you know, for me personally, it's it's been a very trying time these last two months, but I, I feel that things are getting better. The second I heard boxing was going to be able to come back, it, it, it kind of lit, it, it energized me. Now knowing NBA may be coming back here next month is energizing me. You know, NFL saying they're going to open up their doors and facilities, that energizes me because that should be thinking start getting back to you know, things that I'm used to that get me my escape from my day-to-day life. They'll be there once I clock out to where I can turn on the TV and I can watch them. And I think that's what a lot of people need right now is just that that ability, that knowing that there's something there, something to look forward to come the weekend once you're done with work that you can sit down and watch. And in this case, during the week, you give you something yeah. to watch after you, after a hard day of work uh, to, to set and you can watch and you know decompress and enjoy someone punching another grown person in the face for your personal enjoyment. Yeah. I'm all about it. You know, I'm all about that. So, I mean – you know, salute to top rank for taking the reins here in the States. And like I said, all eyes will be on Golden Boy next week. As long as everything goes off without a hitch, we're going to go, okay, you're next up. What are you going to do? So I'm happy. I'm happy the boxing is finally back. Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, discuss tonight? Uh, you know, I well, think we're, I think we're, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty good. Uh, you know, we've, I went on my rant last week about Mike Tyson and the unnecessary talk of him returning. Uh, let's stop. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about it, though. I'm gonna, I, I, will, I will say this. I'm kind of warming up to this idea. If they really want to pay him $20 million to bare-knuckle box Shannon Briggs, and especially if they do that here in Kansas, because the commission where they've had these bare-knuckle fights before, they don't care. Yeah, I'm going to that. Now, I, I'm not even lying to you. I, I'll still go to that. Like, I, I, I will yeah. go there. I will do whatever I need to. Yeah. I will watch that. But yeah. beyond that, I don't want any part of Mike Tyson making a return. No, he cannot beat anybody in the top 15 top in, in, the, in the heavyweight division. Let's let him down. He's 53 years old. Look out what we're talking about. It's crazy to me that people have that don't talk to me about boxing ever. As soon as they read these stories, they're like, man, do you think he could beat Tyson Fury? And like, they're serious. You know, they don't, I'm like, he got knocked out. Like, I'm like, he got knocked out at 38. You think he's suddenly better at 53, you know? And it's just like people, 
it goes to show you one how much allure Mike Tyson has. You know, in, in the, the mystique of Mike Tyson is really powerful. And secondly, it shows you how little purely casual people really do know, in fact, about the sport. You know, it, it just and I'm not saying it to be mean. It's just like, you know, they, they just don't understand. They don't know boxing enough to, like, know that that's a ridiculous question, uh, which is fine. We've yeah, all it's asked ridiculous totally, questions. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous, absurd to even remotely think about it. But, you know, that's, you know, that just shows that, like you said, the power of his name recognition, the power that his name still holds. Um, I'll also say this as well, that, you know, the whole talk of him and Evander Holyfield fighting and doing these, you know, these, I, I don't know, charity fights or whatever they plan on doing also stop. And then the second they said that, that triggered Roy Jones Jr. saying he wanted to fight. And you know how I feel about Roy. no. I, I just I'm I'm glad boxing is opening back up, but I don't want everybody thinking right. preseason to come and get a check. No, they right. stop. Right. Um, so I want to just make a plug. Uh, I did finish my four uh, part series. It's a promoter snapshot series where I looked at Golden Boy, Premier Boxing Champions, Top Rank, and Matchroom Boxing, and uh, I go into their strategic uh, position in the sport, their fighter stable how the COVID virus is going to be affecting their return to the sport, their key questions that they have to face as a company. I learned a lot about each of these companies. It was a really uh, fun writing uh, project. I received good feedback from the companies themselves. Uh, They're up now on SaturdayNightBoxing.com, and uh, I'm just really happy with uh, the response and feedback of the series. So if anybody out there hasn't read it and you'd like to read it, Please do. Uh, there's a, these were small labors of love, and uh, uh, I was happy I was able to get through it. Yeah, and as I've shamelessly plugged it here on the show throughout yeah. the last few weeks, uh, it's it's definitely good reads. And I, I've, I've said it, and I'll say it again with you being here on air. This is what Adam is very, very good at. He surrounds me with this writing stuff. This guy, he's he goes in. He's very detail-oriented. He he researches, he does what he needs to do to write a good article, do these in-depth stories, these snapshots. So please go to SaturdayNightBoxing.com, support what Adam does, read his stuff, uh, then troll him on, on social media about it. I mean, we, we love being trolled on social media. So do yeah. that, but but go read yeah. the article first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's been fun. And, and other than that, I just uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back. And I think boxing just gives us another sense of like, normalcy returning to our lives to just a little bit. And I think that's going to be really important too. So, uh, you know, the next time we talk uh, on the podcast, for instance, hopefully we'll have a series of fights that have come and gone and, uh, you know, we'll be in the thick of things again. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, man, absolutely. It definitely gives and us also, something to look forward to. Can I give a plug for you? I wanted to respect you uh, or show some respect for what you've been doing. Uh, I know, I, I guess since the coronavirus started, I've been on maybe three times, maybe four or something like that. But you've been keeping it going every week, I think, except for one. <clears throat> and um, uh, I know it hasn't been easy. And I know that, um, listen, it's not, doing a podcast is not the same thing as curing cancer. We understand that. But uh, I, I want to say that I'm thankful that what you've been doing, you've been keeping at it. And uh, I know it's important to you, and I'm really glad you stuck with it throughout this. It's been really easy just to, like, 
you know, not do it for a month or two months and come back. But I'm really glad that you kept with it and, uh, you know, kept doing your thing. And I, and I really respect the hell out of it. I mean, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, th- this show is somewhat of my therapy. So, you know, I, I definitely ap- appreciate, you know, everyone tuning in, everyone still supporting the show. Appreciate you chipping in and helping out, coming on the show. That is always a big help, and it's always uh, good for me. A uh, big thank you to Evan and, and Ernie, Golden Boy and Top Rank, uh, who look out for me and send me people. And, and uh, you know, just appreciate everybody in PR who's been in communication with me. You know, we're going to try to get people on, try having people on. So, uh, we're trying to keep things going. We're, we're trying to, to get that energy back. Um, the numbers sucked in regards to viewership because we yeah. had not much to talk about. But now that boxing is coming back, the listeners are coming back. So I appreciate everyone who is supporting the movement. And, and thank you, Adam, so much, man. You guys, you're, you're part of my motivation. You help keep me going as well, yeah. man. So I feed off everybody's energy. So I appreciate that. Very good. With that being stated, you know, again, follow Adam on Twitter, SN Boxing, as well as SaturdayNightBoxing.com, Facebook group, SN Boxing. Uh, what's going to be the featured fight of this weekend? Uh, still to be determined. So uh, we've uh, maybe an announcement uh, tomorrow uh, or the next day, but uh, nothing's settled yet. All right, right on. And uh, so make sure you go join the Facebook group, SN Boxing. They do a, a throwback fight of the week where you can watch it live, comment on it live uh, there on the Facebook group page. So make sure you join that. Go do that. As always, Adam, I appreciate you joining me here. I'm glad that everything is A-OK with you and we had no storms and no power outages here throughout yep. the show. So that is outstanding. <laughs> Very good. And and with that, man, uh, everybody, you know, follow me on Twitter, Brandon Pete. Brandon P2TF and as well as PunchTheFace.com. Uh, make sure you're listening to the show and subscribing. Blog Talk Radio, Apple uh, Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, uh, probably forgetting one I think, uh, iHeartRadio. Yeah, anywhere you find your podcast, just search Punch the Face Radio. You'll be able to find the show. Listen, subscribe, and share. I would truly appreciate it. Uh, with that being stated, we'll do a show next week. Well, I'll actually be recapping next week's fight. So, the Tuesday night fight card here on June the 9th. I'll be recapping it live on the show. Can't wait for that. That's like the first time in a long time I can recap fights. Yes. So with that being stated, folks, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another. That's the only way we're going to get through this. Until next week's show, I am Brian Dubs, and I am out.